Living a life of faith, yet with frailties, flaws, and failures. We say it's the life of Abraham, but actually it's our lives. It's how we live. As I'd mentioned early on when I started this series of thoughts and sharing in these lessons, you know, I, w- I guess I was naive when I became a Christian in that I thought that, again, once I became a Christian, everything that had caused me troubles in my life would be over. Uh, but I found out that was not the case. I found that um, if that were the case, that everything would be over, that would be an e- easy endeavor and an easy journey. But what I discovered, and I think we all have, and that is when you embark on that walk of faith, it takes real courage because you are not only going to live trusting God, but you're going to live trusting God in the middle of all of the flaws and frailties that we have. And I think this is what has always fascinated me about not only the life of Abraham, but about the scriptures in general. The text that I read initially was out of the New Testament. And when you read just this one text, this one verse uh, about Abraham, it says, By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. He went out, not knowing whether or where he went. Well, when you read that, it just sounds wonderful. But yet, I love the scriptures because they include, they, they fill in what I call the backstory. And it wasn't the case that he lived a life of faith without flaws. It was the case that he lived his life of faith in spite of his flaws. In spite of his failures, he always removed uh, or returned to faith and trust in God. So this morning, uh, we'll continue our series, um, Living by Faith with Frailties, Flaws, and Failures, as we look at the life of Abraham. And this morning, it's returning to the main road is what I'm going to address this morning. Returning to the main road. Now, when you say, I'm going to return to the main road, that means somewhere you got off. You, as I said last week, you blinked. Uh, I've done that with maps. You know, we, now you have GPS, you have Google, and even they are flawed, are they not? I mean, you're supposed to go to a certain location, and then they, you're out in the middle of a field, and so it's a, not a good thing. But on the old, the old style maps, you had the blue road. Uh, they were the fast roads. Then you had oh, kind of the red roads, and then you had gray roads. And gray roads are roads that should not even be on a map because they are roads that are not paved. They're in the middle of nowhere. And when you are off on that kind of road, you are very anxious, typically because that road is not a blue road for a reason. You're anxious to get back on the main road. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. Uh, 
Part of what I'll be saying this morning will seem at first to be a, a, re, a, a repeating of last week, but it's necessary because I didn't point out certain things last week that I want to look at today. Our text, uh, when, I, when we begin, our text is in um, Genesis chapter 13, and what it says is Abraham went out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and lot with him into the south. Abraham was very rich in cattle and silver and gold. Now, let's recap some things. If you remember last week, uh, we know that Abraham uh, was going down to Egypt. What's interesting is that there are various things or points that I think uh, tell a lot about how Abraham was thinking at that time and exactly what he was thinking. If you recall, um, the reason that Abraham was going to go to Egypt because in the land of Canaan where he was and where in fact God had promised him in, in a promise that I'm going to give you this land and I'm going to give it as an inheritance to you. Well, twice we, we find where Abraham built an altar to the Lord and he worshiped the Lord there in that promised land. And the scriptures tell us in, in Genesis chapter 12 that uh, as he kept moving within this promised land, he would stop and he would acknowledge God. He would build an altar. And then it says in uh, like verse 8, he called upon the name of the Lord, is what he did. From that verse on, we find something very interesting. And we find where that's when he decided, after he had called upon the name of the Lord, and he had thanked the Lord for giving him this land, for leading him thus far, Last week we looked at where he decided that he was going to go to Egypt because there was a famine. Now what we don't read is that God told him to go to Egypt. We do not read that. We do not read that the famine was that big of a threat to where he was. But for whatever reason, Abraham in his own mind thought that that was the best road to travel. And it says that he began to go then down to Egypt, and that's when he began to kind of think along the line of, you know, if we get down to Egypt and he told Sarah, his wife, they're going to say you're beautiful, they're going to kill me. Uh, so what I want you to do is I want you to tell them you're my sister, that way I can keep my life. All right, so we have all this, uh, what we saw last week, this, uh, I don't know, a list of things that I find it, and I've always found it hard to believe that God gave his stamp of approval on that. Well, throughout that section last week, we never find where Abraham built an altar. He never called on God. As I pointed out last week, he was trying to just simply solve issues by himself. But the problem was is that this was an issue of his own making. Because the last point we find that he built an altar and he worshiped God was in, where, in the land that God wanted him in. 
If you look on a map, it's interesting. You see the traverse of Abraham. He comes from, uh, you know, his homeland and goes there. And, and then you get, to, you get to Shechem, you get to Bethel. And that's where he built the altar and he worshiped the Lord. And then all of a sudden, he goes down into Egypt. But you follow that map and you see that arrow and you see that, no, I'm not going to stay down here. He starts going back to where he was. In that section, I believe, during that time, when he was telling his wife, you need to lie for me, I'm going to lie, I don't want to be killed, I don't want to lose my life, um, and I think everything will be all right. And it seemed, as I pointed out, initially to work out, because when he got there, sure enough, Pharaoh saw Sarah, thought she was beautiful, took Sarah into his own household, gave Abraham all kinds of cattle and wealth and everything, um, and everything seemed to be all right. So it almost begged the question, well, why can't we cut our own road? Why can't we live like we want to? Well, because God was not for, I don't believe, what he did in Egypt. In fact, very interesting verse that I didn't mention last week, but I will this week. The scriptures say that after everything kind of settled down and he was in Egypt and Pharaoh was happy, Abraham was happy, he didn't lose his life, he had been given a lot of gifts from Pharaoh. The scriptures say, however, the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah not Abraham. Sarah seemed to be an innocent victim in this thing. She had been uh, encouraged to, to go into this deception uh, that Abraham had kind of uh, thought through, figured out, and it was all because he was fearful of the loss of his own life. But we find that God plagued Pharaoh and his household, not because of Abraham, not because of his faith, but he plagued Pharaoh because of Sarah. Sarah was at this point seemingly going to become an innocent victim in the uh, plans of Abraham. Now there's no way that I can say that that is an elevated faith. What I would say is that is a flaw. That's a frailty. That's something that I love the scriptures because it includes both the good and the bad of individuals. And the reason I think the scriptures do that is to show us something, a very fundamental but yet very powerful truth. If all you ever show is good, you don't know how powerful good is. But when you show both good and evil, and you see that good wins over evil, then and only in are you able to understand how powerful good is. And that's what we're seeing, I think, here, we're going to see in the life of Abraham, is that at this time, as I said, he blinked. When he was journeying down to Egypt, as we saw last week, he was journeying in fear. But think about now he's going to go back, because here's what the Scriptures say, all right? The Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house, all that because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. Pharaoh called Abraham and said, what have you done to me? Why didn't you tell me that this was your wife? You said she's my sister. 
I might have taken her to be my wife, and therefore, behold, you, she's your wife, you take her, and you go your way. Pharaoh did not want any more of this man's ideas. And so Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him that they sent him away and with his wife and all that he had. So let's think. As he was going down to Egypt before all this, he was going down there. He was fearful and he came up with this plan. Now he's going out of Egypt. He's moving away from Egypt. And now he's having to think about all these. This whole thing failed. It didn't work. It was the wrong thing to do. The scriptures encourage us to do, I think, what Abraham was doing. On that road back, it's, it's, as, it's, as, it's the same distance back as it was going down there. And as he was going down there, he spent all that time pondering fearfully about what could happen. Well, now he's going to go back, but yet he's pondering not about what's going to happen. Now he's pondering, what did I do? What kind of failures have I done? The scriptures encourage all of us to ponder. Here's what the writer of Proverbs says. Let your eyes look right on, your eyelids look straight. Ponder the feet of thy path and let all thy ways be established. I think Abraham, as he went down there, realized that he had made a mistake. And that's probably one of the first great steps that one can make in their walk of faith is to believe and understand that we may make mistakes or we may stumble or we may have uh, failed in certain areas, but we stop, we recognize it, and we ponder, we ponder the steps of our feet. Writer of Ecclesiastes also encourages us to do that very thing, which I think Abraham did. Consider the work of the Lord. Who can make that straight which he has made crooked? Uh, who, who is he who speaks and it comes to pass when the Lord has not commanded it? And that's exactly what we saw. We saw that Abraham decided to go, go down to Egypt on his own with his own thoughts and his own plan. And yet we find where God intervened, not because of Abraham, but because of Abraham's wife, Sarah. Abraham was walking back, going back, thinking about all these things. That's why the scriptures tell us, let us search out and examine our ways and turn back to the Lord. Let us lift our hearts and hands to God in heaven. And that's where we see Abraham now. Genesis 13 says, So Abraham went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had and lot with him into the south, south of Canaan. In other words, he's going back up by Shechem and Bethel, where he was, where the last time we saw that he had built an altar, and he had praised God, and then for whatever reason, he decided to embark on his own pathway, get on that gray road, and go down there, only realizing that was the wrong road to be on. So he's working his way back. And as he's working his way back, if it was me, I'd be pondering my steps. I'd be thinking about it. He went out and he pondered. Now, what would he think? Well, for one thing, 
The scriptures tell us that he was going back, had all kinds of wealth. He had all kinds of uh, gold. He was very rich in cattle, uh, silver. You know, Pharaoh had, had done him well. Yet, the question becomes, does that fill our heart? Do possessions fill our heart? No matter how we walk or what road we're on, if I get enough possessions or if I have enough wealth or security, does that fill my heart? Well, the scriptures actually teach us no. In fact, Jesus pointed out that one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things that he possesses. And I think Abraham, as he was walking back out of Egypt, up to the south, up by Bethel, I think he was realizing that here with all these things, it was still kind of a, a void, an emptiness in his heart because he had embarked on a road that God did not direct him. He did not feel complete. He had riches, but he was incomplete. He uh, had wealth, abundance of things, but we're going to see that he still was not satisfied. So, yeah, I think he, I think he pondered. That's why last week uh, one of my closing references was this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding, which I think Abraham finally was beginning to realize. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. These are these you won't have to find your own road. Abraham tried his own road. In my mind, it was the gray road. Get off of it as soon as you can. So he worked his way back and was going back. He decided he did not want to be wise in his own eyes again, but he wanted to have health. He wanted to be complete. He wanted to fill that void. Yes, he had all kinds of things. Yes, we can have all kinds of things. But the question is, does it fill that blank hole in your heart? I contend no. As long as we're walking our own way. I contend that we'll always have that. And the scripture then says, So he went on his journeys from the south, even up to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Halil. So here we find my title. We find what I wanted to say. He's returning back to the main road. He's returning back to where... He knew God, where he had worshipped God, where he had built an altar, where he had honored the Lord. And yes, there was a detour, and he had got on the gray road, and he had gone down to Egypt, and it did not work out. But here's in faith what he understood. In faith, he believed that he could get back on the main road. He believed he could get back to where God was. And because of that, we would say he trusted God. And that was the beginning, and I think the process that I mentioned last week, that's the process of faith. We learn by living. We learn by living. And we learn, we begin to learn that though we have frailties, though we have flaws, though we have failures, God wants us to get back. To the main road always and he's always waiting for us there he's always waiting for us to get back where we knew where he was in fact I, 
As I was thinking about this in, in terms of the main road of faith, he was familiar. In other words, he wasn't for sure where he was going when he was going down to Egypt. But once he got down there, he knew exactly where he was going when he was going out of Egypt. He was going back to where he had last worshipped the Lord. He knew where he needed to go. He knew what he needed to do. And he knew why he needed to get back there. Now, those are three things I think that we all could ask ourselves and say to ourselves. I think we each know where we need to be. I think we all know what we need to do. And I certainly believe that we all understand why it is we need to get back to that road of faith and worship God. Yes, we can each live our lives on our own roads, but I contend, because I've been on that road, it's gray roads, and they're not good, and they're not the best place to be. So we want to be on the main road, and in this case, the main road of faith. So we find that he goes back. He journeys from the south back to Bethel, under the place where his tent had been at the beginning and unto the place of the altar, which he had made there at the first. And there, once he got back, final scripture, once Abraham got back off that gray road and got back to the main road of his belief and trust, the scriptures say, and there Abraham called on the name of the Lord. He did not do it one time down in Egypt. He did not do it one time on his own journey. But once he got back to where he knew he needed to be, he called on the name of the Lord. So for us, it's just an easy thing for me, for myself, not you, for myself. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. God's word is a lamp unto my feet, and it's a light unto my path. Sometimes our pathways become so dark, we're not for sure which road we're on, then we ask for God's word it gives us. The psalmist also wrote, direct my steps by your word and let no iniquity have dominion over me. The scriptures say when we walk, our steps will not be hindered because God says when you run, you will not stumble if my word guides you. The psalmist wrote and he said, teach me to do your will. Lord, you're my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. I like the story of the prodigal for that very reason. And there are some real similarities here as I kind of cinch this down. The prodigal son knew exactly where he'd come from. He knew where he'd gone. He knew what he had done. At some point, he realized he was on the wrong road. He was at the wrong place, and he had done the wrong things. Now, we sometimes will think, there's no way I can get back. But both in the case of Abraham and the prodigal son, they knew exactly how to get back. They knew exactly where to go, and they knew exactly what they needed to do. And that's why the prodigal son said to himself one day, after he had wasted everything, he had just lost everything, he said to himself, I will arise and I'll go 
I'll go back to my father. I think Abraham, on that road back, kept saying to himself, I need to get back to Bethel. And there it says, he called upon the name of the Lord. So even though he had flaws and frailties and failures, his faith, his trust in God brought him back to that place. So for us today, let our faith bring us back to that altar. where we know God is. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your words that you preserve for us. Lord, I thank you that when we read such passages, we still are so overwhelmed by your mercy and your love for us. I pray today, Lord, that we would learn from one such as Abraham that even though there may be a road that we not, should not be on or we've made a wrong turn, that, Lord, you wait for us. Like in the prodigal, the father waited and waited on his son to return. I pray today, Lord, that if there's anyone here that needs to get back onto that main road, I pray that they would. No matter how long of a journey they've been on going one way, I pray, Lord, that they would understand that they can go back because they know where to go. Bless, I pray, Lord. Touch people's hearts. Let them know that you love them. And we'll give you thanks in our Lord's name. Amen. Let's stand this morning as we take a moment, give opportunity. If you'd like to come and pray. You'd like to come and dedicate your life, rededicate your life, give your life to the Lord. That's the thing. You know what, you know where to go. You know what to do, and you know why you need to do it. So this morning, we're going to sing one verse of this hymn. And if you'd like to come and pray, please do, because I promise you there'll be others who will come and pray with you as we sing. In 454. 454. My faith is found a resting place. Not in device nor creed, I trust the end.